What is up, guys? We are super excited to be here. Toys DIY Audio with the dude, Hi-Fi Vega and DIY Audio Guy. Today, we're going to be talking about tools. And we tried to do some tools that you may not be aware of, some things that you might, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to stay away from, you know, just the table saws and things of that nature, trying to go a little bit more of things that can be helpful to you that you may not necessarily know of. So, guys, why don't you say hello and get us started. Yo, what's popping? It's your boy, the dude, High Five Vega. I'm pumped. What about you, Justin? I'm, I'm surprised to learn we're not going to talk about table saws. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about that. That's the top tool on the list for me. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, we're not just going to be. We, we all have some big things on here that we think are good values that we're going to tell you about and why. But in general, we're going to try to stay towards tools that you may not be aware of. Um, yeah, so... Guys, today is actually February 8th. It's going to be Valentine's Day real quick. So before you know, we get to tools, I got to ask you guys, Valentine's Day, are there tools you ask for for Valentine's Day? Or what are you doing? Valentine's <sighs> Day is not for guys. I don't know if you knew this or not. Um, it is in my family. <laughs> oh, well, you, you pulled off some kind of secret. And I, oh, hope, yeah. I hope that your wife's not watching right now because... She's going to find out that Valentine's Day is about women, for women, by women. What? Oh. No, it's by yeah. Hallmark for women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was the exact point, guys. We're probably not going to get many tools for Valentine's Day, so make sure to treat yourself to something that we talk about. <laughs> uh, all right, DIY Audio Guy, why don't you start us off with a cool tool that you found useful uh, in your videos or in, in your shop. All right. I'm going to start with, I got a whole pile of tools over here. So I'm just going to grab one and start talking about it. There we go. This right here is one of the tools that I've had since I started building speakers. This is a corner clamp. And, um, the, the interesting story behind this is I bought it off Amazon and, um, I loved it. I used it for several years. Then they built a Harbor Freight in my town. And I went and I saw the exact same thing, same colors and everything. And whoever sold me this thing on Amazon sent me a Harbor Freight one. That was half. <laughs> they doubled the price. <laughs> I got burned. I got burned. Some some joker on Amazon uh, conned me and, and I bought a Harbor Freight uh, corner clamp. But this is great. And it's, it's heavy and it's got these uh, quick releases here. And you hit that quick release and it's got the screws on it. And what I, what I love about these is I can position things. So I'll position everything, get it all lined up, then pull the board out, lay on all the glue and clamp it back down. And it, it holds strong enough that I can just use this on a small project. So if I've got four of these, I can clamp up butt joints just fine. Well, you know, the one thing I always say is it's best to have eight if you can, because you can glue both sides. You know, it's, it's hard to do. That. I mean, you can do it with four. Don't get me wrong, but I, I like eight of those. The one thing I always wondered about those, and I haven't checked the Harbor Freights, have you ever checked a 90 on it to see, you know, is it actually 90? Have you checked it with uh, like a speed square or something? No, I never have. Uh, I never thought to do that until just the very second right here. <laughs> I was just, I'm, all, I'm always curious, like if, you know, did did they, you know, put a speed square on it and see see how it actually I'll, uh, measures. I'll do that well, anytime I use it. <laughs> that, that's, the, uh, that's the nice version of them. They actually make a cheaper version. I've got some of those, and and I really don't recommend those because they don't have the quick release, and they have the small turnouts, so they're not nearly as useful as the one that you just showed. Uh, yeah. I definitely yeah. like that one. I got a I couple some of those styles, and these are just easier to deal with. They just, yeah. I mean, I, I like them. And what I do is I um, I brad nail everything, so I you know I hold it down with the clamps, and put a more a couple of clamps on there. Use the clamps as extra hands. Brad nail it. Move on. So, yeah. you know, what's interesting is we're, we're talking about getting straight cuts, right? Getting, well, not straight cuts, but getting straight glues together. And one of the things that I found helpful in my shop is the Wixie. Are, are you guys familiar with the Wixie? What's the Wixie? No. The Wixie is really cool. I actually don't have one on me. It's out in my workshop. Uh, I keep it on my saw. It's It's magnetic. And you put it on your table saw itself. Oh, yeah. And you set yeah. it at zero. And then you put it on your blade. And then you set the angle of your blade, 45, you know, or or zero or whatever. That way, when you cut the wood or the material, you know, it's actually cutting your, your you know, your blade is actually yeah. cutting at the right direction. I'll tell you guys, that is 
in excellent. So they're so cheap. They're like 30 bucks, but they will save you. I've had, I had a table saw once. I was always wondering what was going on. It was like a degree off when it was supposed to be at zero. It was like one, I was cutting at one degree off. I'm always like, why is nothing fitting? Right. I'll tell you, man. And it's so easy to use. So I didn't know it was called a Wixie, uh, I, I, yeah. but I've seen them in use before. And it's definitely one of those things that's on my, on my to-do list, my wish list. Yeah, it's it's the brand. I mean, there's other ones that do it, but Wixie's kind of been the original one. They're like OG, yeah, exactly. And so I always recommend that one because you never know, you know, with other brands. You know, that's one of the things. Like when you're trying to get good tolerances, you go with a good brand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If if you're not really concerned about tolerances, then you know whatever. But it's just an angle gauge, but it's digital, and I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I need to get one of those as well because my table saw is trash. I'm, I'm actually going to be upgrading my table saw at some point. But my I have a pick that goes directly with Justin's. If you want to share the screen, Nick, that I put oh, yeah. on there. Now, they sell these on Rockler, and I've got some, but they're very, very expensive. You'll get a very small one. What this is is a silicon mat, like a table protector for crafts. Oh, oh, so this is, this is three foot by two foot. That's you a good put idea. Put it straight over something when you're gluing stuff up. Glue mm-hmm. it up on this. Peels off easy. Peels right you're ready off, to yeah. roll. And for, at thirty-three dollars, this one I think is like the ch- about the cheapest one you can get for this size. You know, I like to use one of those glue brushes. And what I find myself doing is yeah. laying the glue brush on my work table, and then now I've got glue on the work table. I've got to come back with a sander later and sand it down and <laughs> re-smooth yep. everything. That's an interesting idea. I would have never thought about something like that. That's a that's a good call. And I don't know very many people using something like that in their shop either. No, nope. and, and it's that's, just that's like good. once the glue dries, it's just easy, simple peel, and and you're good to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Now the guys in in the chat are talking about router tables. So I think that me and high five Vega should mention some of our picks. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up one of mine, which is a, a router. T- actually um, I'll pull up mine and then you pull up yours. So right. the truth of the matter is router tables in general are relatively inexpensive to buy. And so what you can do is buy an insert and then you can make your own router table. There's a couple things to look for, I think, when you're buying an insert. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Now, while you're pulling that up, that's the way to go. You know, I bought my router table and I didn't know anything about router tables. And so getting a table is a good idea, but an insert is a much better solution because you can put that insert in anything. Yeah. And and this particular one by Woodpecker, I like because they actually sell like a lot of people don't think about this, but you want this to be flat in there and you want it to be cut fairly well. And so they actually sell a template. It's like twenty dollars for the template, but you can just use a half inch router bit and, and cut it and go directly into it. And you can use that template as many times as you want. So anyone without like a CNC or something, these also have uh, something that they have these holes that you see right here and here. And what that's for is if you uh, have a router, like they're showing you this Triton here, um, but I like the Bosch 1617. Yeah, that's what I run. Yeah, this thing is, it's fantastic. But this, if you notice, it has this little incremental adjustment depth. So there's a little wrench that you stick through that hole and you move it and it'll incrementally bring it up and down to get to the right depth. And then you can use these uh, Craig jig depth things. Have you guys, did you guys ever use these? I've got some brass ones. They're not Craig and uh, they, they work really well. I like the Craig ones because you can sit them kind of over the top of the bit. They're kind of art shaped. There they are right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can use those for a lot more. The, the ones I've got are just brass bars that are calibrated perfectly. And I use those quite a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, once you get that router set up, then you can just set it right at one eighth, one half inch and just kind of incrementally bring it up. It saves you so much time and scrap and money. It's just it's definitely worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh. And my pick is is very similar. And the thing about this is I'm not sure about the one you pick, but this one, you don't even have to have a router with a depth adjustment because this is up and down for you. So even if it's a fixed base, you can put it straight on it and move up and down. If you can see up here in this corner, even 
on this one, they have a Bosch under table base that's only like fifty dollars. And if you have that Bosch router, you can actually just buy this and forego the Jessam if you want to. But this this one's universal. Uh, what what was the retail price on on the one you shared? Uh, it was about a hundred and something. I can't remember. I think they're all pretty close. Somewhere, you know, the base yeah. model is like one seventy to two hundred somewhere. See, in that I paid range. more than that for my Bosch router table. Yeah. Um, and so there's two different styles of the Bosch router table, and one of them is it's it's open, and the other one is a is a cabinet. And I wouldn't get the open one; I'd get the cabinet one because the amount of dust a router kicks up. The cabinet one, you close the door, you can put your dust collection inside underneath it, and you can not be fighting dust constantly. So I regret my router table purchase. I would have, you know, yeah. if I could go back in time, if I knew what I knew now about how to set this stuff up, I would have bought this because that is cheaper than a router table. And again, you can set that in anything, right? Any workbench you've got, you can just drop it right in there. Yeah, and, and you can always build a new top. And mine was about 130. So the difference would be if you have a router like the 1617 that already has the depth adjustment on it, then you know you can save yourself 50 bucks. Right. If you don't, if you have a router like uh, I have a um, Porter cable router that's also a really good router, but it doesn't have any type of depth adjustment like this, this would be perfect for that. Because yeah, that's like how it clamps onto the motor, right? Exactly. It clamps onto the, yep, into the motor of the, um, yeah. the router. And it, like, the, you know, the a popular, like the Porter Cable 960 is a pretty popular router and it doesn't have that depth adjustment. I will tell you, I have a right OB. It's the base model. It's like $75. It does have the depth adjustment on it. Really? That's so, surprising. And it's a pretty, I use it with the Ryobi table uh, just because, you know, I had someone give me the table. So I was like, well, no, might as well match them up. But yeah, it works just like that. See, and I think that's the great thing about routers in general is you have all these different attachments. You don't have to go out and buy yourself a $1,000 router table. You can buy one of these, buy yourself three-quarter inch. I double my MDF when I put one of these in. So I do two three-quarter inch tops. It's an inch and a half. Um, and that's because this is pretty thick and pretty heavy. So you want to make sure that you have a good base underneath it that's not going to sag. But yeah. uh yeah, and and mine, and I'm sure these do too. If you look at all these little, um, looks like screw holes at on the outside of that. That's just these little set assess, uh, set screws that you just kind of screw up and down to get it completely level with your table. Yep, you gotta get them. And, and that's important. If you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really important. You'll mess some stuff up. It's not level with the table. So me and Justin have um, some fighting words about routers because. I believe that one of the best value router bits you can buy are Yonico router bits. And in particular, I use their chamfer bits quite often. It's like 30 bucks. You get like five of them really inexpensive. But Justin, you don't like the Yonico bits, do you? And, and I'll, t I'll tell you why I uh, was doing some, I had one of their flush trim bits and I was making some rings for my home theater subwoofer bill for the, the port tubes. I don't know, don't know if y'all seen that video or not. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was done building those rings, I rallied out you now six, seven rings. That Yonico bit was toast. Uh, of course, it was, you know, it was one inch thick material. It was a, uh, this is some odd material I picked up for free at a, at a cabinet shop that was extras. It was a, uh, it was a plywood with a MDF veneer on it. So it was one inch thick. It was really sturdy material. And by the time I was done, that bit was just terrible. It caught on everything. And I, and I said, I'm done with the Yonico bits. I'm, 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 rapidly reaching that point where I'm trying to upgrade from just the cheapest tool possible to something slightly better. Um, and like, for example, in this guy right here, I keep permanently mounted a white side bit. So this is my very first router. It's just a skill router. Mm -hmm. It's a perfectly fine router. And what I did with this thing is I put that um, uh, three quarter inch, just straight bit in there or quarter inch straight bit, and then mounted my Jasper circle jig. And that stays mounted permanently. That does not come out of the Jasper circle jig. So I'm not to fool with trying to, switch things out so we both did jasper's circle jig and we're going to get to high five vega here in a minute because he has something he wants to add to the stream i think this is really important to note that a good router is something that we think is very important if you're going to be doing any type of diy work whether it be diy speaker building or whatever because you can do just about anything on it um, you can create rabbits with it you can create chamfers with it you can do pretty much anything and like you said you can create circles with the jasper jig which is one of the best ways to create circles hands down 
out of uh, any tool if, if you just have a router. So uh, that you can easily recess your speakers with a Jasper jig. It's, it's I think, one of the tools that if you're going to be doing speaker building, subwoofer building, and you want to recess a speaker flush is, is a must-have. Yeah, now they're making them metal Jasper jigs because the patent oh, really? has expired. So now a lot of these companies that are CNC shops that do a lot of tooling for audio stuff, they're doing custom metal Jasper jigs. Hmm. I did not know that. Did you because want to show you, us? Oh, sorry. Oh, I said because it, if you've messed with a Jasper jig, you've probably broken one at some point. I never so. have. No. <laughs> I use mine a lot. I've never broken. Yeah. I'll tell you this, though. One of my friends, uh, Jeff, it doesn't seem like he's on today. Uh, lost his pin, which by, by the way, you can oh. get a replacement pin just about anywhere. They're just one eighth inch dowel metal dowels. They're not anything real special, but he lost his, the first day he had his Jasper jig and he wrote yeah. the company and said, man, I lost it. And you know what they did? They sent him a whole new, uh, you know, not just the metal dowel, but that whole little, it comes with like a little package with screws. And so they just sent him a whole new one to him, uh, free of charge. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that is pretty nice. I mean, companies take care of you like that. You remember in the future when you go to buy something else. And especially with, I guess, all that competition now. Right. Um, you know, talking about router bits, I've got two sets here from 12, 12 volt tools or 12etools.com. These are quality router bits. Um, mobile solutions sell some uh, for a little. It's actually kind of a lot more. But these are these are just as good. You get a basic set, you get a chamfer bit, a round over, a trim, flush trim, a rabbiting bit, and then you also get a small, uh, what is that bit? It looks know. like an upkit bit. Up, yeah, I think that's what it is. Upcut, yeah. Yeah, straight yep. bit. How big are and, those roundover bits in that chamfer bit? That looks like a pretty um, pretty steep angle there. I think the chamfer. It says rabbits one and a quarter. Excellent. With that's, four a, extra that's a pretty bearings. good deal. Yeah, I yeah. like that. At, yeah, at 113, it, is, it's not bad at all. And this is the one thing that people don't... Rabbit bits are nice to have, especially if you just cut it just a little bit too small. <laughs> you can just <laughs> run it. And I'll tell you a trick to the rabbit bits. And this is something that uh, one of my friends had. He said, man, I have these different bearings. One's too big. One's too small. I just can't get the size that I need now that I screwed up. And so here's my tip for anyone that's using rabbit bits. Take some masking tape, painter's tape, whatever, and wrap it around that bearing until you get the right right cut. So you're not always going to have the perfect bearing for it. So some of that comes right off at the end, and it, it'll hold through. It should hold through, hopefully, your cut. Yeah. And, I haven't and I had an issue more, yet. <laughs> one more to go with this. Uh, they have the one. That's the 101 set. This is the 102. I'd recommend both of them, even though there's an overlap bit being this flush trim bit right here. But you get a, a different steeper chamfer bit, and then you get the radius cove right here, which yeah. you're not going to use that, but this bit right here. Oh, yeah. That's the bit you want. And this bit right here, the spiral flush trim bit. Yeah, the spiral flush trim bit is very nice. And this one is is more of a pattern bit, uh, is yeah. what they call it. And the pattern bit's nice if you're up, up above, right, and you need to right. follow a pattern. Where and, this and is that's, better. The formal name for that is the death bit. Yeah, possibly yeah <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> i think that's just you <laughs> but but it that the pattern it that's exactly what it's for if you're wanting to cut something and you're on top of it it you know it, it just makes it easier and it's not a everyday use bit but it's a bit that when you need it you really need it so i want to talk about since we're talking about cncs there i mean cnc since we're talking about routers there's one thing i do want to talk about now i don't have any affiliation with any of these companies, but I do believe that CNCs are so much more affordable nowadays that more and more DIY people should be looking into them. Um, this is the CNC for newbie new carve. Uh, I would tell you to stay away from X carve or, uh, or shape Boko. They're just not very sturdy or strong. It's my opinion. It's also the opinion of um, Impulse Audio. We both had, he had next curve. I, I have a Shape Oco. I plan to upgrade. But something like the CNC uh, for newbie, New Carve is a really nice one. The Ooze Nest Workbee is another nice one. They have screw drives in them. Guys, you can get these easily like four foot by four foot for like.
you know, $2,000, somewhere in that range. And if you want a smaller footprint, you can get them for under two grand. So I'm telling you that because a lot of people think that these things are just astronomical and out of the world. You can't afford them. And I think they've really gotten to the price now where if it's something you're interested in, you could try it. And those would be a couple companies that I'd be uh, tell you to. Oh, yes. And projects by Brian. Check check out his channel. Let me show you him. He, uh, <laughs> he just made his own, which is why he's saying that. And his, that's amazing. It's really cool. You guys got to check out his channel. And by the way, Brian, congratulations. Brian just became a new father too. So congratulate him. Uh, good job, Brian. We are, we are rooting for you. We know you're going to make a great dad, man. Excited for you guys. Yeah. Thumbs up. You're trapped for 18 years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to have money again. <laughs> well, you know, after they're out of college, maybe. But then, then the grandkids come, and yeah, the grandkids come. <laughs> oh uh, man! But, you know, speak, speaking of router bits, I mentioned I had a video come out talking about the top ten tools you can get at Harbor Freight today, and I suggested everyone stay away from every router bit that they sell at Harbor Freight, and it's for good reason because I've tried them. I, I wanted to give them a fair shake, and I got them, and they not. Uh, had an issue with them not only coming out of the router, like they're so dull that they were working their way out of the router, even after I really tightened them. But they they just they burn up. They you got a lot of chuffing on the cuts, and I just it was a bad deal. But uh, pick that I didn't have on here. Skill bits at Lowe's, hmm. pretty affordable, and they're not the best bits, but they are good bits, and you're not going to have an issue with them. Yeah, and that's the, how I feel about Yonico typically too, is for the price, they're really good. If they were more expensive, I wouldn't buy them. You know, that's usually the route that I take. You know, if the if the Yonico bit's 20 and the white side bit is 40, my question is, is the white side bit twice as good? Will it last twice as long? And um, yeah, that bit that I bought, <laughs> that particular one, I wouldn't endorse it anymore. Did, did um, you cut that in stages and depths or did you go one pass with the one in? Um uh, I probably just did one pass. That's uh, why I which was up. probably why. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, we're pretty sure well, this is user error. <laughs> See, that's a that's a new thing I learned recently. I used to whenever I was cutting circles you know, for woofers, I, I would go yeah. one pass, and then I read somewhere you're only supposed to go a quarter inch for a quarter inch bit, and I started making multiple passes, and it goes a little bit quicker that way. Yeah, and, yeah. and your bits last way, way, way longer. If you just do the do the depth, it is a it's a pain when you're wanting to cut it out. You're like, I want this whole cut out right now, but if you do it in the steps, and I mean, you've already got the uh, plunge router, so on uh, mine, I've got the cheap Harbor Freight version, but it's got three steps, and that thing, it I mean, it cuts like a dream. With I think I have a skill bit in there now, and it now, cuts do like. You, a dream. Do you guys use Forstner bits? Not That's as much. That's on my wish list. I'd like to get some. I'm I there th this is something that I think everyone once again you you should at least look into if not buy um part of that is dependent on if you have a drill press uh so one of mine is a when drill press or a hundred dollars very cheap drill press you know they're not going to have a, a huge depth as far as like how far you can go down but for a hundred dollars are really good drill press but those forstner bits they'll chew out a circle uh, but they'll they'll leave it solid. So most of the time when you when you cut a circle, it just cuts the edge, right? And the reason why it just cuts the edge is because that's that's going to be much easier for the bit to go through. But a Forstner bit will cut the entire circle out all the way down to whatever depth you need. So it's really good for flush mounting uh, those push-in tweeters. So if you see those from like Parts Express, like the Dayton Audio push-in tweeters, and you're like, well, how do you get this in to push in perfectly? It's a Forster bit. I mean, I just, yeah, it's Forster bit. Now I now I confuse myself. That's <laughs> and so for recessing for a magnet or something. Absolutely. Well, in those push-in ones, literally, you need to have the exact size for them to really push in and get a good seal. And even on the outside, so you can get the outside depth right and get a perfect flush mount every time with the right size Forstner bit. So I'm a big fan of Forstner bits for for that reason alone. I, I like to use them on countersinking too. Because then mm. I could just take a dowel, the same exact size dowel, put it in, cut it flush, and, and boom, 
completely hidden. I'm going to hold off on the Forstner bits until I get a good drill press, and then I'm going to get the biggest Forstner bits I can get my hands on. Because uh, <laughs> I, you know, that, that's got to be easier than trying to cut little bitty three inch circles with the uh, with the router. And I'm not a big fan of the, any hole saw I've ever used. Maybe I just need to buy a more expensive hole saw, but it just feels like you're just grinding away forever. Yeah, they're, so, they're not great. And Thomas Marshall's talking about how they are expensive, and they are. And so typically I tell you just buy the one Forstner bit you need necessarily if, if you're just doing one project unless you need a big set because then you end up having this set of all these Forstner bits and you only use one every once in a while. Uh, I usually have the, the sizes that I need. The other thing that they're good for is uh, feet for like a speaker box or something like that, when you route it out the external side and then screw it in, it's a lot more sturdier and it's not going to, you know, hopefully rip the screw out. Right. And, and there was a reason that I did not recommend the Harbor Freight drill presses. Um, unless you're getting up into the $300 ones, they're pretty terrible. What'd you say? Drill they're, presses? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, especially like the small one. It was less powerful than my Black and Decker twelve volt. Are you talking about? Are you talking about at Harbor Freight? At Harbor Freight, yes. Yeah, the uh, the Drill Master that they got like a sixty nine dollar one. You know, and, so and that one's terrible. When is this cool company? It's W E N. Uh, they're on Amazon. I have some links in the description. And the reason why I like when is I have their air air filter system. Which guys, if you go to Woodcraft and you go to buy their air filter system, guess what? It's the exact same one and it's going to cost you three times the price. And so, I mean, when is one of those companies that, you know, are they always the highest quality? Not necessarily, but when they're three times, I, I've had my when air filter system for, I don't know, three, four years now. And I paid like a hundred and some dollars for it. And I could have paid like 500 or 350 or whatever at, Woodcraft, it's it's just crazy. So I, I'm a I'm a fan of, of Wynn. Yeah, I, I've heard good things about the Wynn, and I've heard good things actually about the Harbor Freight air filtration system as well. Oh, really? I use, use that one too. So I didn't know that. I didn't know Harbor Freight had an air, air, air filter. I know they got the um, they got the big dust collector, but I haven't yeah, seen that, their that's air what filter. I mean. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm actually talking about the air filter that where there's like a filter yeah. that goes through. So any dust particles that are left in the air, it filters through that filter and cleans up your shop. Yeah. The dust collector, like they do a mod to it to get right. it the same way. But yeah, that's essentially what they're trying to do with it. Like to have uh, one like of those with the cyclone. Canister on top mm -hmm. replace the bag, use a canister. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. Um, Justin. What you got for us, man? What have I got? I tell you what, I'm going to go with something a little bit uh, different here. Hang on. Let me reach down to get this. <laughs> Maybe reach down to get this. He's always reaching down to get something. Yeah. So, Maybe he should like keep yeah. it on his table or something. <laughs> the table's not big enough. Hang on a second. Talk about something else while I grab all this stuff real quick. Y'all skip over me. <laughs> okay. for well, we were right, talking got, about you. <laughs> I, got, I got one right here that we we can share. Okay, this this got, one's quick. It's simple. Let me Let me pop it up for you real quick. And, and that's guys, the thing, guys. The tools should be worth it because they make your life easier. Now, this right here is a long nose marker. If you've oh. ever tried to trace something on a project that's already built and you need something very thin, this will save your life marking stuff out. Uh, whether it be a hole, some kind of template you're trying to work with. This is $8. It seems expensive for one marker. But it's it's worth it in spades, in my opinion. If you never use one, uh, when you need one, you'll know that you need something like that because you're looking for some kind of thin pencil or a you know, pen. I, or, so it's interesting. I've never used that. I always use just um, mechanical pencils uh, because I can get them at the dollar store for five or six for a dollar or whatever. But that's that seems interesting. That I, I like how there's a lot of holes it is. That, that you can't get a pencil in. You know, or if you're trying to trace something perfectly and the pencil, like even the edge of the, the mechanical pencil might hook on it. Well, this yeah. you can you can really angle it in there and get it really close. Yeah, that's what I noticed how long that it, that's a, that's a cool idea. It's almost like a big syringe. Yeah. Justin, right, we're ready we're for you. 
Unmute. I'm You're muted here. <laughs> I've got kind of a set of things here. Um, you know, just as sure as I talk about this, that's when I'm going to lose a finger or something. It's really important that you have your safety equipment. And so I got one of these uh, dust masks that kind of wrap over your face, like you know, uh, and that's kind of handy. And I would recommend that. And these are some decibel defense uh, ear uh, ear protection that are designed for shooting sports. And, uh, you know, it's just so much easier to work on things when you're not going deaf. It's easier Can, to enjoy music later when you're not going deaf. Let me, let me stop you for a second, Justin, because you just reminded me of something that I didn't put on the list that I want to throw on there. And I think don't think a lot of people know about them. Those those that you just had, um, I've never used those ones. But the ones I do like are at Harbor Freight. But they have a battery in them, a double A battery, and you can turn it on and it shuts everything off except for anything like, I don't know, below 85 decibels or something like that. Oh, yeah. And what's nice about that is if you have someone come in the shop, right? Like my family might come in the shop while I'm working. I can hear them come in and I don't get scared while I'm at my machine. So if you're working on a table saw, all of a sudden someone's like, hey, what's going on? You're like, oh, crap, there goes my finger. Where, you know, if you have those on, you turn it. I I, I like those. I've never used the, the decibel blockers, but, you know, you've reminded me of that. So I just wanted to mention it. And I'm a huge fan of the gripper push block. And uh, the thing I like about the gripper is this piece in the middle right here is adjustable. And so you can move it around. And so if you've got to make a, uh, a cut on the saw, you can kind of reposition this and then straddle, uh, you know, these grooves wherever you need them at. And the other handy thing is this side piece. So if you've got something small you're trying to cut, uh, I use this a lot when I'm routing a small piece. You drop down that side piece and then you've got support on the table for your, your work pieces here and the table goes here and you can just move this thing all around. And you can see even on this one, if I can get up close, you can see where I nicked it with a saw blade. And it's like, that's what it's for. So <laughs> that saved a finger. Um, so I have more fingers now because I nicked, the, nicked this thing on a saw blade. You know, people swear by that. I've never used it, but I know people swear by those grippers. Yeah. They're not I just... I just, I hold my breath, wear in-ear monitors, and be careful. <laughs> That's why we call them nine fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget your, your eye protection. Um, you, you know, you've got to, we want everybody able to see us on the next, uh, next week's show. So don't go out there and blind yourself with sawdust or something hitting you, hitting you in the eye. You know, it's actually important. We, we don't really talk about safety equipment a lot and that, that is something that is very very important and i get called out on it sometimes even on my channel where people say hey you didn't wear the proper safety equipment i appreciate that you know um sometimes i i don't always put my dust mask on and i probably should you know yeah and now that i've mentioned it i'm gonna get caught on a video not using it or lose a finger because a surefire way to make sure you hurt yourself <laughs> is to give a appreciation to people about safety and next thing you know zip there goes the finger yeah. <laughs> guys i want to talk about something that i think everyone should have and I really do believe this. And and they've come down so cheap in price now. I think that they're affordable. And I know Brian, Project Spoiler Brian, is going to agree with me. I know he is. And if he isn't, I, well, he's going to agree with me. I know he is. So here it is. Now, guys, when I show you this, all right, don't, don't get like upset or whatever i can't even find my why why can't i find my application window? oh it's because it's considered a tab that's why you know what i'm just going to tell you what it is oh there it is bam all right so here it is can you guys see that 3d printer it is a 3d printer guys these are so cheap nowadays this is four hundred dollars they actually used to be cheaper but with covid i think the prices went up it was closer to 300 when i bought it this is the, you zoom in. I can't see anything. I just <laughs> there's a red blob where the price ought to be. <laughs> this is the first 3D printer that I bought that I'm like, oh man, that I had it set up the same day and was printing good quality prints like an hour later. Uh, I've I've bought I've had I've had a couple different 3D printers and I haven't been happy with them. And this is the first one that I've really appreciated. You can hook it up either with a uh, USB cable straight from your computer or you can just run like an SD card to it, uh, print things right off. The thing that I like about this one is the bed only goes down. So a lot of these 3D printers, the bed goes back and forth yeah. and the head moves. This, the head moves and, uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. 
And the other thing that I liked about this is it was so easy to assemble. I mean, literally a half an hour later, I was I was up and running because all of it comes basically pre-assembled. The only thing that you really have to plug up is uh, the bed on the back and then these four posts on the corner and and some some motors what, and what's this one cost? This is the Ender 5. It's about $400. Um, and it's got a really good print volume, 220 by 220 by 300, which is, I don't know, around 12 inches or so. It's everything that I've needed to print on it. I've been able to print off of it. I I will say that for 90% of people that buy this, it is going to be exclusively a tchotchke printer. And that's what I call them because they all print just what other people have designed. And they never actually get into the software and design stuff for themselves yeah and brian also mentioned the ender 3 which is another great one it is cheaper it is a little bit smaller the bottom does move i i just didn't like that because i i had hard times with my other one because of that but um i will tell you with that 3d printer even if you're printing off designs like other people have used you can do a lot of really cool things you can print off was it you hi-fi vega or diy audio got no it was justin that was saying hey it'd be really nice to have a 3d printer just to print out for my tweeter pods sometimes to fit them in places where I couldn't normally print them. And, you know, once you get to the, you do have to learn designing if you want to do that, but still. Yeah. Mo- most people, I think a lot of people buy these with the assumption that you basically buy this and it does it for you. When all it is, is it's a, uh, it's a tool that you really need to learn how to use. Like, like if you buy a router, you're not just going to be cutting wood on day one. You need to learn some kind of router simulation a tool to get it programmed. I mean, and you have to set your zero points and all this stuff. So there is a barrier to entry. And if you're not willing to take that chance, uh, you probably shouldn't buy either one of them. I'm going to tell you, it, it's a lot less now that I, I'm honest. Like I was printing up and printing like in within an hour. And I, I will tell you, you know, other people's stuff once again, but uh, if you're okay, there's a lot of really great designs, even speakers that you can just, taken print right off uh hexibase had made some there's a couple other things yeah. so it, it's i don't know i i think it's worth it well if you're if you know if you're watching this channel you're probably inclined to to tweak on stuff like this so yeah i assume that if you're watching here in live chat now you're probably okay if you get either one of these because you're going to want to learn how to do it you'll be watching youtube videos and you'll figure it out but like for most people in general maybe maybe not yeah, and this is what Brian said. Some printers are easier than others to get started, but there's a lot of community support for the Ender printers, and he's right. And you, you're right too. It's not gonna be, you know. And maybe I'm, maybe I am. You know, I don't want to lead people astray. It's not necessarily simple, but typically anything that there's a lot of support for at least that type of printer that you can just get on a Facebook community and say what's going on, and someone will be like, oh, and five minutes later, you'll you'll probably have it answered or or an hour or so. Yeah, much, much like the DIY audio community, if you want to know something and you go to the right Facebook group, the right you know forum, you can find the answers or there will be someone there willing to help you with the answers. So there is that. It's, it's a community that's grown uh, hugely in, in the past 10 years. Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of where I'm going at. If you're interested in 3D printing, now is kind of the time to get into it because it's cheap enough and it's good enough now when i first had my first 3d printer it was like an anet a6 it was made out of plastic mainly and that thing every time you printed it wanted to like shake on you i mean getting a good quality print on that thing was terrible everyone would be like well you got to print upgrades for it and it's like okay but if i print upgrades with the printer that's not printing right (laughs) it was i i just got tired of it eventually i was just like forget it yeah for sure um i have another pick here Let, let me click it up and show you this is just another kind of random small thing you guys had a lot of the the big tools covered so i wanted to bring something a little bit different something that people don't always think about yeah and uh let's see if we can get it to load so this right here it's just a combination uh square you got a speed square and then a regular combination square it's a it's a little combo for 10 bucks you'll use both if you're doing any kind of woodworking you you really need both these one or the other will do, but both of them will definitely, definitely help you out. Uh, the combination square is nice for marking, like if you need a one-inch cut off something, you just hold your pencil and you, you make your one-inch cut. If you need to find true 90 
or you need to make a perfect cut, uh, the Speed Square is great for that. Or if you want to test DIY Audio Guy's first tool and see if it's actually square. Yeah, see if it's square. <laughs> we can but we're, we're assuming that this this Speed Square is square, but you know, who true. knows? Yeah, these little things are just they're just indisposable. You've got to have several just laying around. Um, handy to have. I, and if nothing else, to, to check even your table saw square when you're done cutting. Right. Is your table saw square or not? Do you need to make adjustments to it or know, cool whatever your tool is? Combination squares, if you look at that little brass fitting on the bottom, that's actually a scoring uh, marker. And people don't even really realize that, that those come in the bottom of it. If you don't have a pencil handy, you can just score it. Score, yeah. <laughs> Things like this are the kind of thing that right around Christmas time, you want to, you want to, hey, you know, check my Amazon gift list, you know, for the stocking stuffers. That's, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah that's and, good and no one, if, if, if you got this for Christmas, even though you know it's $10, you're like, this is like, thank you. This is awesome. Yes, I, I I completely agree. What about you, DIY? We haven't heard from you in a while. I want to make sure that oh, we yeah, get some of your tools I talk in. too much, so y'all, I don't mind sitting back listening to y'all listen. So I've got one that's a little out of character for me, and that's, I don't know, I feel like my whole night's out of character because I like cheap tools. Uh, I'd love to go into Harbor Freight because you look and it's, oh, wow, a clamp for $6. This is good stuff. So, DIY um, Audio Guy's new song. I like cheap tools and I cannot lie. Cannot lie. No. Um, <laughs> right. This is one that is not a cheap tool. It's way too expensive for a knife. I think the brand is Ulfa. And I was just walking through, I forget if it's Lowe's or Home Depot, one of those things. And I walked by them and I saw this and I thought, wait a second. Um, look at this knife. It has this little piece of metal on the end of it, right? that you can use as like a little tiny pry bar. And what I used it for was um, carpeting a box. Where if you got a groove you want to carpet through, so you cut a groove and the box stuff the carpet in, that's a perfect carpet stuffer on the back of this $15 knife. And it's, I mean, it's, it's decent sharp. It does a perfectly fine job. Uh, it's a quality blade. What I don't like about it is this switch right here doesn't lock. Oh, uh, yeah. And so you'll be going and you'll hit the switch or you'll push something. It'll go in. And it's like, oh, that's not safe. But but it was really handy when carpeting because you can cut, draw it in, make sure you draw it in before you turn it over. And you can go around things and push the carpet in. And it's just pretty handy for um, you can use it as a screwdriver in a pinch for a flathead uh, screw, um, a slot, yeah. you know, slotted screw. And it's, it's a little too expensive for what it is, but it's the only one with that little piece on it. Well, and that's if you're going to go with cool. the breakaway type, type blades, that's what that is, right? Yeah, it's breakaway. So Alpha is the king of breakaway blades. And if you're doing work like carpeting, like if you need this tool professionally, it's well worth the uh, the $15 because it's just, it's quality. It doesn't bend a lot. The blades are easy to break away. And like you said, it's got the extra little feature. Of, of the, the you know, I, normally i just like grab the little 25 cent cheap ones at the counter at harbor freight and keep a couple of dozen of those laying around just throw them away when they're dull uh but this is the first time i've gotten an expensive uh, knife like that and it's it's nice and again had not been for that metal piece on the back i would have left it there but i saw that and i thought hey that's that's actually pretty handy yeah that's actually nice it, and those knives in general are good to have for diy no matter i, I use them all the time yeah, pretty constantly have one of those doing something with it. Yeah. Nick, what do you got? So I do have another one. I was going to pull it up. It's a, another Chrome tab. A lot of us with DIY like clamps. Uh, clamps can be very expensive, but I don't think a lot of people realize you can make your own clamps with something like this. Uh, there's all kinds of different ones that are used. This is Bessie's version of this but basically all you do is you take a metal pipe whatever size the diameter is in this particular case it's a three-quarter inch they sell three-quarter inch and half inch i just picked out bessie because bessie just makes really nice quality products and you just slide whatever size pipe you want through there and you can make these so a lot of people say well i can't afford a six foot eight foot you know five foot clamp or whatever you need or even four foot clamps can be very very expensive something like this if you can get the half inch pipe for a good price can be very cheap to build your own. Um, and they last really, uh, they'll last you forever. Really. Uh, I have quite a few of these that I've made myself and I think that they're, they're worth the value if, if you can do it properly. You use these with PVC pipe, right? 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah, give that a try. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Rob, you try it out and then get back to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And the key uh, to making that affordable is to find scrap pipe that's still straight. Well, yeah. So, and you don't necessarily have to buy it scrap as long as you know somewhere that you can buy pipe and get it cut at a certain size, you know, but that's, it's one of the easier, cheaper ways to get longer clamps. Yeah. Uh, and you, you could buy a chain, like pipe chain cutters, pretty cheap, like 10, 15 bucks. And even if the pipe is slightly bent, you're probably, if you're going to be tweaking on these, you're going to bend the pipe a little bit anyways, just over time, it kind of happens. So it depends on how bad it is, I, I guess. Yeah, I think that they're they're worth it, especially with them. I also put some Rockler clamps in there that I really like. Harbor Freight, we, I think we all have said that we love Harbor Freight regular clamps, like their F-style yeah. style clamps, but their bar clamps, yeah, like those, but their bar clamps are not good because they're they're so weak in there that when you start to tighten them, they like they bend and twist. Yeah. And people have put like wood in there and stuff to keep it, from doing that, but in general, they're just not very good. I, I've used the Rockler ones quite often. They go on sale every once in a while on Rockler's website. And whenever they go on sale, I usually just pick up two or three um, every time. And I, I like those as well. That, that the I've broke every kind of Harbor Freight clamp except for the aluminum clamps. Um, the, the F style, the handle twist off sometimes after time. And uh, even the, the black and gray ones, I have the ratcheting ones. Those break, you know, quite often, but, you know, every single one of those has a lifetime warranty and I have taken every single one of those back and gotten a brand new one. But, but the thing is, you don't want that to fail in the middle of a project. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, it, and I have so many that it's fine because I can, you know, I can use another one to get me by until I return this. But if you only have eight clamps, six clamps, four clamps, um, I would suggest the aluminum ones from Harbor Freight if you can afford it because I think they're worth it and uh, they don't bend as much and they're they have nicer connections. I, I just that's my favorite ones from there. You know the um, the inexpensive ratcheting clamps. Those are the ones with the the handle you squeezed, right? Uh, so far, my failure rate on the ones from Harbor Freight are is one hundred percent. Every single yeah. one of them has has failed, and. They don't so, seem like they have as much clamping power force. No, either. like some no. like some of those. Those, those are like those are definitely light duty clamps. And down in the comments, the true voice of reason just said, "Don't forget strap clamps." And strap clamps can be really handy for smaller smaller projects. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to say also, true voice of reason is glad. Uh, we're so glad to have you back. He's been missing for a while. I guess he hasn't been feeling very good, but we're really happy to have him back now. So good to good to see you back, man. Glad to see that you're you're recovering and feeling better. Yeah, for sure, man. Don't let that COVID get you down. You can you can build almost anything with Harbor Freight Parts Express in a lumber yard. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And also if Parts Express and the lumber, you can almost tear everything, anything down too. Was um was is Harbor or is Parts Express website still down? No, it was down last night. Oh, okay, Jeff, we I talked about it earlier. last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did too. And I was trying to do my final edits of the video and I couldn't get on. And I'm like, well, I guess the site's not going on this. <laughs> I, I thought it was sometimes in my room, it's the farthest away from the Wi-Fi. So I thought it was that. And then I put it, I was like, well, just turn the Wi-Fi off and use cell signal. And it still wasn't. I was like, something's going on. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's gotta be hard when your entire business is based on your website I mean, and you redo your website <laughs> and the darn thing crashes and fails and, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I feel bad for them because I, I know that they're having a heck of a time with that and they're, they're not obviously happy about it. So guys, I'm going to bring one up that I know that every one of us would agree with that. That's very, very nice to have. Um, and I only saw it on mine, but I think that everyone would agree with these. And this is just some I picked off Amazon, but you can pick up different ones, but T tracks. I think they're very useful. Uh, any workbench that I build, uh, although I haven't put them in my, my new router workbench yet because I haven't decided if it's staying that way, uh, you can use these T-Tracks for. And the cool thing, especially if you have a small shop uh, like a lot of us have, is you can make these, like if you use with either Rob or I showed you with the, the router mount or the undermount, 
where you can build your own router table. You can turn that router table also into an outfeed table. And then you put these uh, bar clamps. I'm sorry, these, I call them bar clamps. I don't know what I'm saying. These T-tracks on there. And then you can also put like a fence on your router table then and take it on and off. You can also clamp down wood if you need to sand it and not make it move. Uh, just in general, I think uh, T-tracks are good. The one thing I would tell you to, cheap T-tracks, pay attention. If you look inside these holes here, you'll notice that these ones have all been chamfered out. So when you set your screw in there, it'll sit flush. The cheaper ones don't do that. And so then you'll have to chamfer it out so that your screws sit flush. So I, I would just tell you, just buy a little bit nicer ones so you don't have to worry about that. I happen to know a guy that made a video about how to make your own T-Tracks. Oh, yeah? Was it you? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I see. I'm going to disagree with you because what I would do is I would buy a cheap Yonico bit. It's technically it's a keyhole bit uh, or a slot cutting bit, and you can make your own. Because think about a T-track like that. You've got to route out a slot for the T-track anyways, and so just just use a bit to route it out. So here's here's my opinion on that. Your tabletop is whatever it is. So if we use a router bit to route out our T-track, and we use enough force to now rip that T-track a little bit apart, right? Because you can do that with that MDF. You start clamping it too much, it'll lift that MDF up, right? It can. So if it does that, then you've ruined the top of your table and then you have to redo it. So for me, I would rather have a metal T-track. If anything happens to this T-track, I can replace it. Yeah, but you're not, I can... you're not going to lift it up though, because you're doing a compressive force because you're going to have a stop block or some kind of thing that your whatever your clamp or whatever is mounted in. And so the, the, the bolt from the bottom will be pushing up and the mount itself is going to be pushing down. So it's going to compress from both ends. So it's very unlikely to rip out. I don't know, man, I've pulled up T-tracks before. So <laughs> Maybe you're just screwing them down a little too tight there. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm forceful. <laughs> he wants it the same place. Don't move. He said, don't move. Stay there. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can use harder material like Craig Engelman says and, you know, not MDF, use something like an oak or something. But I, I still like these better. But I have no I have no. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it the other way, it's definitely cheaper. Definitely. Wait a cheaper. Minute. I swore Craig Engelman said tools have been done. Pass. <laughs> Wait, I, think so. I swore yeah. I seen that when I first jumped in the comments. Hey, we must have been doing a good enough job. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I want to highlight this because I think this is a really good point. What do you guys think about this? Dogman says, when I get tools, I tend not to buy new. I usually get them from a store here in town, but I'm, he says, but I'm just cheap. But what are your thoughts on getting used tools? Oh, that's, I mean, that's the, the jam right there. If you can find a quality used tool at an auction or a pawn shop or a yard sale, I mean, that is the way to get them if you can, especially if you're just starting out. I, I agree, but I'm really picky about the the used tools that I buy. They've got to be they've got to be really cheap because it's nice to have an owner's manual. You know, it's nice to have, you know, you've got all the parts when you, well, you hope you have all the parts when you buy it new. At least you've got some recourse if you don't have all the parts. You know, there's tons of, you know, used skill saws for sale with blades that are 99% rust. It just got to be real careful and real picky. And that's, you know, most of the time I walk by them because I'm looking at them going, that's not cheap enough to justify buying it used. So here's, I'm, here's I'm even a bigger tight why the dog man is. So here's what I found out with tools. Everyone buys them. Not everyone uses them. It's just the truth right. of the matter. Yeah. And you can find a lot of high quality, good tools, cheap on various places. Uh, I've already mentioned it, you've Justin's mentioned pawn shops before in the past. I know he likes pawn shops. I've mentioned if you live, especially in the East coast, a good thing is um, your auctions, at right? Any home auction, you're going to be able to get cheap uh, tools for really cheap. Like I said, my first really nice um, cabinet grade table saw came from an auction and I paid like a hundred dollars for it. So, yeah. You know, the, the big purchase stuff, like like you said, a cabinet saw, uh, that's something that you don't often see. But when you do see it at an auction and you can pick it up cheap, you definitely want to pick up something like that. Because big ticket, a cabinet saw is going to cost you two grand for an entry level uh, cabinet saw. So, yeah. And, and Thomas and Jesse are onto it. They say estate sales and they're absolutely right. And estate sales, I, you know, estate sales often are, are people that are a little bit older uh typically 
and they a lot of times have invested in some decent good quality tools and when i bought mine for a hundred dollars from that it was basically an estate sale and the guy same thing you know he had really nice tools set up i mean you could yeah. have bought anything you wanted there for cheap but i only brought a limited money so and i you know i think uh thomas marshall i think he's a contractor so i'm sure he's really if he can hit those up and get tools for his guys and and himself he's uh he's probably scooping up what he can quality stuff anyways you know sometimes like if you run across one of these old uh worm drive skill saws those are the best if you haven't used a worm drive skill saw those things absolutely murder regular circular saws so Brian Rawlson brought up Diablo blades and Diablo blades are typically Home Depot. Uh, Diablo is, which most people don't realize, Freud. Uh, they're made in the same factory and everything. Now, I don't know if they use the same steel or anything else, but I know they're made in the same factory and they typically are very good blades. And I also like Diablo blades. And when I can buy them and when they go on sale, I also use Diablo, one of my favorite blades to use on my table saw, miter saw, uh, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, I just picked well, one up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I've installed it. And I'll use it on the next build. Yeah, and and huh. those Diablos, they're locally. You can find them at the Home Depot. Uh, a lot of these higher end bits you can't find anywhere else. It's going to cost you some money. Like they have router bits as well, but I think they're worth it. I think the the blades are worth it. The, even the sawzall blades the router bits, uh, even the Diablo sandpaper is pretty freaking awesome. I, I'm typically like a 3M guy when it comes to sandpaper, but I've tried some of the Diablo sandpaper, and that stuff just lasts. It doesn't get clogged up like most sandpaper. That's something that that we didn't talk about, you know, sandpaper. Don't, you know, don't buy Harbor Freight sandpaper. No, that stuff, uh, yeah, one <laughs> pass, you're done. Although I do buy some sandpaper off Amazon. I, I didn't link it. And I'll buy it in bulk. So you'll get like a bunch of it because the problem is even at Home Depot, when you go to buy Diablo, they give you like 10 pieces of sandpaper and it's like 30 bucks or so. I mean, it's crazy expensive for what you get. So I almost always buy mine off Amazon, but you do have to be careful because you can buy some really junk stuff off Amazon as well. Yeah. So far, like three, like the contractor grade 3M stuff at Home Depot has served me pretty well. But if like for 40 and 60 grit or 80 grit, I buy the 10 sheet Diablo and it's like six bucks. And that stuff just, I mean, it's almost like you got a thickness planer if you really wanted to get crazy with it. Yeah. Now um, they're talking about sandpaper that is washable. They do have sandpaper that's washable. It's typically looks like a, a grate. Um, and you can, you can wash some of that stuff out, but most paper sandpaper isn't unless it's, uh, and it's not really washable, but they do have some that's made specifically for wet sanding. So my, what I would say is if you're, if you're going to get higher grits, like 600, 1200 grit, get the ones that are, can be used with water because you're going to be most likely be wet sanding at that point in time. You're not probably going to be doing just a regular sandpaper at 1200 grit or 2000 grit. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, we are almost out of time. We do have our patron-exclusive uh, broadcast right after this as soon as we end, so we will be switching right over to that. We're excited. I hope that you guys brought some hydration stuff with you, some water or something. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Let's talk about uh, what we have coming up on our channels, and uh, and then we'll, we'll head out. All right, I'll go first, I guess. I have 12 Talk coming up Wednesday. We're going to do a show... I'm not sure what we're going to do the show on yet. Just yet. We, we're kicking around a few ideas. But then Thursday, do sound advice with Dean. And then, uh, no, yeah, Monday I'll have something coming out. No, reverse polarity. Sorry, I do too many shows. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. <Yeah. laughs> I've got a review of a new multimeter and uh, oscilloscope coming up. I've already Ooh, filmed it, and it's scheduled cool. to oh. drop on Friday. My patrons will get early access to that video. I like that. Yeah, and if you're a $10 patron, you'll be talking to us in a few minutes as well. Yeah, which will be exciting. Now, the yeah. last last but not least, um, I just put out a new video. You guys have really supported that well, so I really appreciate that. That was the $80 subwoofer that basically goes 22 hertz flat, F3 at 22 hertz. It's a pretty exciting build, and you guys have seemed to really like that. So thank you for the support on that. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I have a couple other things going on. 
I don't have any builds coming up this week. I do. I am going to get some Cartesian speakers. They did tell me that they're going to send me some. So this is a speaker company that you guys have never seen most likely on the market. So it's a new to DIY speaker company. So I'm excited to bring that to you. Uh, and then I'm going to do a video this week, but it's probably going to be one talking and I haven't decided if it's going to be about the importance of Watts or if it's going to be about, um, something else, why a speaker can measure well, but not sound good. I, I haven't decided which one yet, but one of those two will be coming out this week. Oh yeah. Sounds like very easy topics to explain in a short video. Psh, yeah. Very <laughs> simple <You> guys. <laughs> well, thank you, Troy. Uh, true voice of region. I, I appreciate that. All right, guys. We are going to let you guys go now because we got to go switch over to the other broadcast. So make sure you switch over to that one. We'll see you guys later. Have a wonderful night. Bye. We're out.